Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Oh my, welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins, hanging out with you, exposing you to new music, bands, but that's not all we do here. We have people on that talk about independent music, how they got into it, how it's affected them, who they are as human beings. It's such fun stuff. And I feel really lucky that I get to bring this to you week after week after week. I don't have to charge you for it. You just you're you're a kind patron of the things that I put in front of you as far as advertisements are concerned. So uh, thank you. And please, I'm pointing at you. I'm pointing at you right there. I see that you haven't reviewed the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, they call it now. Please go do that. Go rank, review, because that stuff really is meaningful. It's this weird algorithm that they use that the more activity that there is on a show is uh, where it goes in the charts. So, you know, I, but ultimately, I don't care about the show's popularity as far as the downloads are concerned. What I primarily care about is the people that should know about this show knowing about the show. So anyways, that's my, my little soapbox off. I'm stepping off of it right now, or I could literally turn it off, but... What do we have this week? We have an awesome, awesome buried treasure episode slash mini interview with a friend of mine, Carlos Ramirez. He, you've heard me talk about his site, No Echo. They are the basically online partner for what it is that uh, we do here at the podcast. I say we, I don't know why. That's the royal we, okay? I, what I do with the podcast here. <laughs> and uh, I had Carlos over to my house and we decided to get deep in the nitty gritty on a nerdy subgenre of music called power violence and if you're not familiar with power violence totally fine you will still get value out of this show 
because ultimately all we're doing is just showing you bands that are either underappreciated or overlooked often. So I've always loved this. Well, not always. I've loved this genre. Probably, let's see, when I was about 16 or 17 is when I first started to kind of get exposed to this, you know, via bands like Spaz and What Happens Next and, um, you know, Look Back and Laugh, like bands that are sort of tangentially related to the, uh, you know, East Bay power violence explosion that happened around the band Spaz. So we kind of wanted to look look one level deeper and maybe even more obscure. So we basically we pick three bands a piece. And, you you know, if you've listened to a episode of this buried treasure stuff before, you know how this this format goes. But we also talked to Carlos about who he is as a human and uh, why his website's awesome. So let's uh, let's get some uh, some housekeeping business pleasantries on your radar. And I want to tell you, obviously, obviously about Rockabilia. Rockabilia is the best place to buy band merch, hands down. They have half a million items to find, and I'm going to give you 15% off by using the code PCJabberJaw. Now, trust me, you've heard this ad slash read before. If you're like teetering on the edge, just do it. 15% off, and well, actually, wait, is it 15 or 10? What 15% and I will be giving you, uh, you know, basically a, a, a free sleeve of merch. You know, if you're buying a shirt, like I'm giving you 15%, get it, get it anyways, but they are the officially licensed partner of all these bands. They license these designs. It's the real deal. You're not buying stupid bootlegs off of Amazon or eBay or all those other places that, uh, you may have purchased band merch in the past and been completely burned. I've definitely done it before, but Rockabilia is the real deal. We love their support. So please use the promo code PC Jabberjaw and buy some merch. I still buy merch. I'm 37 years old. I have, I could wear a legitimately a band shirt every day for an entire year and I still buy band merch. So there's no excuse for you to not patron patronage to visit rockabilia.com. So there you go. And I also a little self promotion that I would like to do here. My band, Taken, we just released our first song, first new song in over 14 years. And I know many of you that listen to this show on a weekly basis don't care that I play in a band. Totally fine. Completely reasonable. But I would urge you to uh, check this song out. You can find it on Spotify or Apple Music. It's called Regret, and it's off of our new EP that's coming out on the 27th of April. Uh, It's called With Regard To. Basically, it's about the whole journey that I went through with my wife in regards to her diagnosis with cancer and all of the horrible stuff that surrounded it, but then also the, you know, joy and all the mixture of emotions that went around it. You you may be asking yourself, joy? There's joy in a cancer diagnosis? Just just listen, okay? So I'm not going to... I'll play the song. I'll play some songs later on when I say later on, not like this particular show, but, you know, later on. (laughs) Add future episodes, but uh, yeah, please, if you would uh, wouldn't mind doing that, I would love that. And we have pre-orders that are available. If you uh, like the ditty, you can go over to Other People Records, and you can find the pre-order that is there. We got cool shirts, and we are actually sold out of the most limited color of vinyl. So um, yeah, hop on that. You can get a cool, awesome pink color vinyl that is uh, left. So. That is that, and um, yeah, I'm not going to go on any any longer. Carlos is a great guy. Power violence is the real deal. You, If you like heavy music, you will probably find a band in this that we discuss that you will be uh, keyed into. So, uh, yeah, do that. And then at the very end of the episode, please listen, because I obviously, well, not obviously, but I always announce the guest for the following week. So those of you that just bail right after I say goodbye to the guest, then you're missing out. So here we go. Here's Carlos. Here's Power Violence. Boom. Boom. 
have to care about this because I think this is such an incredible service for those of you that are interested in audio, engineering, production, all that fun stuff. Go to urmacademy.com. And what is it? It's an online recording school created by Joey Sturgis, Ayal Levi, and Joel Wasnick. And I've had Ayal on the show in the past. He's a great guy. Producers who have worked with pretty much every heavy band you can possibly imagine. Machine Head, Double Wars Prada, Of Mice and Men, Asking Alexandria. If it falls in the heavy genre of music, these dudes have worked with him. And here's how it works. At the beginning of every month, you get the real multi-track session from a top artist and the mixer's notes. So you can drop it into your own portal and learn by mixing it from scratch. How awesome is that? It's basically the equivalent of you being in the studio working on a song from a sort of co-engineering perspective. And then at the end of the month, you'll watch a live streaming mix session where the mixer will mix the song from start to finish and explain what they did on the album and answer your questions live on air. You get to pick people's brains. That's amazing. And past guests include Andrew Wade from Day to Remember, Bo Burchell and Sayosin, Nolly and Periphery, Daniel Bergstrand and Meshuga. Like what a, what a heavy hitter list of people that you get to talk directly to and be like, yo, how'd you get that guitar tone? Or how'd you do this thing? That's amazing. So please go to urmacademy.com and get your learn on. I can't back this place enough. They do so much to create value and spread knowledge that everybody who is interested in this sort of stuff should be absolutely devouring. So urmacademy.com, tell them this podcast sent you. All right, go learn. I always find it funny when, um, you know, people like you and I, who obviously interview people for our different things. And then when you get interviewed, people are just like, Oh, so I'm turning the table on you. And it's like, well, the interviews I do, it's not really like, (laughs) no, it's not like that. Right. Like cause most, I mean, most of the, 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 articles that you do on no echo are very, I mean, they're obviously very in depth, but you treat them like a conversation as far as like, you know, even if you're just emailing these people back and forth, like I know that piece you just did with Dan Gump. Yeah. That was like over like what, four months. It went, it went on for a while because he, I I don't know. He he was, he told me, you know, via email that he's not really, uh, and I get this sometimes from older folks like ourselves. It's, uh, I'm not really uh, on online a lot. Right, uh, which I, I take as I don't want really want to deal with this. Yeah, but let me see if I can do it little by little, and he did, and he delivered. So That's cool. he sent me the first batch of answers, and that was like two months ago, and then they came, they trickled. Right, and, but I've had people who I've emailed uh, questions to who agreed to do the interview. Yeah, yeah, and we're going on four years. Right. Since the beginning of No Echo, <laughs> like literally, like really. So you're just kind of like compiling these. Yeah, I just slowly. Like, there were. I went through. A, I used to have a document with all the interviews. I don't do that anymore. But yeah. So I went to it again, and I saw. Oh wait, I I forgot about this. So I emailed uh, one of the people, the uh-huh. singer of a band, and uh, and he no response. And then I saw that I had tried following up throughout the years now, <laughs> like three times. Sure. So. He plays in a band with a friend of mine. I didn't know this. Okay. So I asked my friend, hey, what's the story with so-and-so? And he said, yeah, he's kind of kind of out to lunch. He's not really. Yeah, he's not on top of it, right? Yeah, he's find someone else in the band and uh, and, and see if they want to do it. And I did, and, and they're doing it. So, Oh, that's good. Yeah, you can kind of work your. Yeah, I could just change the questions around and kind of. Right. I really wanted to hear his thoughts on the questions, but I changed them and, and obviously tailor made them for this other person in the band. Right. But it does happen where where uh, it's you know 
I'm okay with someone saying no. I just hate when someone says, yeah, I'll do via email. Yeah. Like, no, some people don't like being on a computer for hours. Of course. So they don't want to deal with it. But I'd rather that them tell me right off the bat, I don't want to do it. You yeah. Know, find someone else in the van. Or thank you. I'm, I'm, you know, I really appreciate it, but I really don't want to do this right now. Or can we do it via phone, which is fine with me. Right. A lot of times I don't do phone interviews because of schedule. I don't have time. Yeah. You know, to yeah. transcribe and all. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's a long time. I, but as you know, it, in person is always the best. Totally. Yeah. So when I, I try to do those and luckily being in LA, you get the opportunity to do that. Right. You know, yeah. I'll come out to orange County like today. And, but, um, um, yeah, don't, uh, if you know, don't agree to an interview <laughs> via email, if you're not going to do it, That's if you're not, a waste of it. cause I, I actually spend time, right. It's not like I, I just sent a questionnaire that I sent to everyone else. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, tailor made to those people. Right. A lot of the same questions I start off with, you know, tell me about your upbringing and blah, blah, of blah. Course, right. Cause I like to go from there chronologically but you know there are specific questions that i have to research and and sometimes i don't know them and i have to go to discogs is this record this year you know you use yeah. those resources like everyone else does so right yeah that's um and the you know the thing that i've always admired about you and the site in general is the fact that you know i mean obviously it's a labor of love like yeah. most people well, I don't think most people would look at, you know, your site or Lambgoat or mm-hmm. any other, you know, of these sort of hardcore heavy music centric things mm-hmm. and be like, oh, dude, like obviously like they're raking in cash or anything like that. <laughs> like even in, you know, the whatever late 90s, early 2000s where, you know, people were making a living off a website based off yes. advertising or whatever. Absolutely. Um, it, but the fact that it's like, yeah, the things left standing are the ones that actually care about this. Yes, it it's uh I, I was actually uh, name dropping time. Yeah, please uh, do. A- Andrew Klein yesterday of Strive Fame. Hello, Andrew. Yes, <laughs> was with him yesterday. I had lunch with him, and he asked me about ads, running ads. Oh yeah. And um, the problem with running ads, and he agreed because uh, he had he had bought ads for because uh, he he has a label, and he had bought ads um, through one of those networks where they they kind of spread ads throughout different websites. Sure. And the problem with that is that if I do that, if I go to a network and and I start, you know, I give ad space on my website. You're going to start seeing ads for stuff that doesn't make any sense to no echo readers. Yeah. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, some, some, some band that's, you know, let's say like a alternative press, like current alternative press band that makes no sense for no echo readers. So it just makes the site look ugly. It just, and, and honestly, it's not going to make me that much money for it to, for me to look the other way. Totally. <laughs> to put it bluntly, if, right. if I was going to rake in, you know, a few grand every month from that, Maybe I would say, you know what, deal with it, guys, readers, deal with it. You right. know, I'm making some money off it. It's some payback for me. But it really doesn't amount to that anymore. Like mm-hmm. you said, it used to because I, sure. I used to be in that in that game. I know how it works, but right. not anymore. And there's not enough hardcore money to go around. Mm-hmm. Uh, hardcore labels, you know, they might do a banner ad here and there. Um, but it's never going to be that much, you know. Uh, and, and I love these labels. I love Revelation and I love you know, um, death wish and all these, you know, uh, bridge nine, but you know, I would have to be getting advertising money from them every month. Cause there's not that many labels. Anymore. Totally. So, but yeah, I, I would love to make money off the, the label, yeah, uh, you know, off the, the website, sure, sure. but, um, uh, the payback and it sounds kind of corny, but it's true. And I was telling this to Andrew is feedback, you know, getting, having people either email me or on Instagram or Twitter and saying, Hey, uh, love this interview right. or I found this band through the website. This is, this is great. Thanks for the heads up. Totally. That's the feedback. And I make money other ways. I don't need to make money off yeah, hardcore, exactly. you know, 
and, and, and when I played in hardcore bands, I didn't make any money. So there's no, no difference. <laughs> there's, no difference. <laughs> there's no difference. Yeah, totally. I'm 43 years old. I, you know, I think the most I ever made playing a show was <laughs> when I was in black army jacket. I think we got, I think we played, um, when we played style like 13 in Philly, uh-huh. I think we made one show like 700 bucks. And I tell you, like, it was like, wow, we can go buy a house now. Yeah. You're like, we can retire. Right? Yeah. Like this is crazy. <laughs> Dude, for sure. You know? Um, and you know, that, I think that was the most for one single show. Uh, yeah. And you know, for, in terms of re- recording royalties, I mean, give me a break. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. You, you, you make recording royalties, what you make at the merch table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, exactly. And, um, so, so yeah, labor of love and the feedback is the payments, you know? Right. And, uh, I think when, when I put up an interview with someone like Dan Gump, uh, or, you know, somebody from even more obscure band, a mm-hmm. lot of people appreciate that because like, whoa, like, I can't believe you interviewed this person and right. I forgot about this band. This is, you know, a part of my youth or whatever. Totally. So sometimes it's, it's fun to talk to those people and not just the Harley Flanagan's of the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what I like too about what you do is the fact, and I, I promise this isn't just me just blowing okay. smoke up your ass for like half an hour. Please do. <laughs> but it's the, um, cause I, I think, and, and why I feel passionate about doing what I'm doing with yeah. my show is like, you know, you're, you're just trying to build a context. So it's like, you know, a person can dive into one of your, you know, longer interview pieces. Mm-hmm. And obviously you have embedded YouTube videos, you have, you know, contextual flyers, like right. you are, you know, you're, you're trying to pull, uh, you know, uh, at, things from that, that interview that you'll be able to actually reference. And then, it, it can serve people like you and I who obviously like, Oh, like, of course I remember that show or of course I remember this thing. And then it can also serve people who are just like, Oh man, like I've, I've only heard of this band. And then you can kind of just walk through and just be like, Oh, like I see, I see why, you know, uniform choice and unity started to sound like a butt rock band or what, you know, yeah. like you're, you're able to like contextually do that. Yeah. And I presume that is very intentional on your end in order yes. to understand. Absolutely. And, the chronological aspect of the interviews is something when I read interviews um, and I consume interviews, whether they're video, uh, you know, in books, magazines, I'm, I, I love interviews. I love Q and a, I love, I love, um, I can't get enough of it. So, right. but my preferred kind of style for that has always been chronological. I want to hear, uh, you know, and I know that there's time constraints when, especially on TV, but I want to hear uh, some other childhood, um, you know, um, it's not so much. I don't want to hear every single dirty detail of like, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, you know, my father was this, my my mom was that. It's more just like, what what kind of house did you grow up in? Was it strict? What kind of music did you uh, were you exposed to? Um, so I like to start that way, and and putting the flyers and the videos and the photos, if 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 I can find them online, right? Uh, you know, I, those go chronologically as well, like you were saying. So if the question is about a, a certain show, if I can find that flyer, that's gold. Yeah. Now you have like hardcore show flyers, on, which is a great a source on, on the internet. And, you know, you can just pull it off there. And I try to credit as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm guilty of in the past finding photos online. I can't find who did it. Yeah. And then <laughs> right. just putting them up. Right, of course. And then getting killed by the person emailing me like, hey, I didn't give you permit. So I try. I yeah, try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and... um. And, but, and, and that's getting a little easier now because I, I, I can go to like, let's say Instagram and ask people, Hey, does anyone know who took this photo or right. does anyone have any photos of this era, um, or know where to get them, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, I, I don't like reading an interview or I wouldn't want to have an interview, no echo 
or I'm talking about, um, you know, uh, I'm talking to Converge and the question is about their third album and then the video right beneath that answer is from the new album. Like, I hate that. Yeah, and I, yeah. I'm such a stickler for stuff like that. <laughs> sure, sure. So um, well, hopefully people like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's cool because obviously it's like it, it, it develops – it showcases, you know, who you are as a person as far as your meticulousness. And yeah. like you said, the way that you want to lay it out yeah. is very much, you know, uh, that's a part of you rather than a function of the interview, you know? Right. And so, which which is cool because then in turn, people feel attached to you and they're just like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. I feel like, I mean, you and I have obviously never met in person, mm-hmm. but it's just like, oh yeah, like, I, yeah. I, I feel like I know you. Right. <laughs> I like, love that. Yeah. I love that. That's the beauty of hardcore and punk. It is. And, um... You know, the, the other thing is that when when I'm on another website and it's an interview mm-hmm. with someone that, that I admire and it could be someone I've admired for years, um, let's say it's an interview with, uh, I just brought up Converge, Jake from Converge, who I, I you know, is fascinating and, and, mm-hmm. and a brilliant mind and, and so artistic. But if it's just an interview where they just talk about the new album, I, I, I tend to not read those interviews too much yeah it's terrible yeah, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. it's I, hacky it yeah i don't need mm-hmm. to i don't need to hear you know it's fine you know totally let's, let's talk i'll interview you and then at the end my one of my last questions will be tell me about this record specific things about this record of course one or two questions and then i always end it with a fun question you know for him it would be oh tell me in your opinion what's the best massachusetts hardcore record or something like that you right. know or if you had to pick one album from converge or one song which one would it be and why mm-hmm. but um I don't like interviews where it's just like, tell me about the new record. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the the influences of the new record. It's just, it, yeah, it's hacky and it seems like the person just showed up and just didn't really care. Totally. <laughs> well, I, I, I so distinctly remember when I was uh, starting, you know, because I did a lot of freelance writing in, you know, the early 2000s for it because there was obviously tons of zines that yeah. existed, you know, status, law of inertia, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. There was a local one here in Southern California, which I'm sure you probably mm-hmm. have some knowledge of Scratch Magazine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I would do writing for them and mm-hmm. it was hilarious because what this is what they would do every month. They would email a list of bands mm-hmm. and then people would chime in for the bands that they wanted. Yeah. And then sometimes after that initial list has been picked over, because of course people are going to be like, oh, I want to interview Pennywise <laughs> and whatever. And then sometimes you would get another email back being like, okay, cool. Like, you know, you want to interview ISIS. Like, that's great. Uh, you know, how about you interview, you know, whatever, assorted jelly beans, like in a, a band that, that's just, I don't know why I'm taking shots at assorted <laughs> jelly beans, but like, it would just be a band that I don't have any, uh, I've like, oh, I've seen once, but like, yeah. I don't have any contextual information. And so, and then of course that happened at every zine magazine, like, you know, that was obviously existing off advertising and yes. like they had to do that. Yep. But then, yeah, that's when you do fall into mm-hmm. that world of just like, all right, well, here's the, the set of, you know, pre Wikipedia, but Wikipedia questions yep. that you're going to fire through. And that's just, you know, that's not serving anybody. No, that's, that's painful. Yeah. And I think that if you're uh, like us or, and the kind of people who read no echo nerds, you know, totally uh, information type <laughs> nerds, <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, we, we we're, we're over it, man. We don't, we don't have time for that. So, totally. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if, if, you know, the, the, the hope is where I'm, I'm delivering is if you see, if you go on the homepage or you see a tweet and it says new interview, um, so-and-so from this band, before you click it, you expect a certain thing, right? A certain thing right. From, from the No Echo interviews, and that's I'm going to get to know this person a little deeper. Uh, there's going to be some nerd questions in there. Mm-hmm. There's going to be questions if there's a new album about the new record, but not, it's not going to be one of those kinds of 
hacky uh, interviews. Yeah. And there's probably going to be some fun trivia. Uh, trivia is everything. Right. You know, we want trivia. I want to know everything that's <laughs> like the most random thing that a lot of times musicians are like, really? People care about this? Like, trust me, enough people care about it for me to ask you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, Fresh. Hello, Fresh. Hello, Fresh. Why am I singing? I am singing because I love Hello, Fresh. And it is the best meal delivery kit experience in your life. So 
What does it do? It makes your life simple by shipping meals directly to your house. So you don't have to go to the grocery store time and time again, and they make it so easy to cook delicious, balanced dinners for less than $10 a meal. Just choose your delivery day, and then everything gets sent right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging. And they got three plans to choose from, including classic, veggie, and the family. There's something for everyone. I'm vegan, and I basically veganize all these recipes. It's amazing. It's super easy if you order the veggie box. So for those of you that are teetering on it, you're like, oh, it's not vegan. No, no. You can make it vegan, and it's super, super simple. Plus, there's a lot of one-pot recipes for super speedy cooking and minimal cleanup. Look forward to your HelloFresh delivery box as the highlight of your week, knowing that dinner got so much easier. I love cooking with my wife. It is so much fun. We sit there, like if we get a delivery on Saturday, pop open the box, plan out our meals for the week. It's super fun. And there are times where I do all the chopping and she gets home from work, is able to handle the cooking and it's awesome. I could not say more positive things about HelloFresh. So, For your first week, I am going to give you $30 off. Visit HelloFresh.com and enter the code WORDS30. That's HelloFresh.com, offer code WORDS30 for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. That is the equivalent of me taking you out to dinner. So please, there's no reason that you should not try this out. It's great. Okay, HelloFresh.com, promo code WORDS30. Okay, I love this stuff. HelloFresh. Go eat good food. It's true. So, yeah. Yeah, especially, especially with when you have those random bits of information that, uh, you know, are, are attached to a story or something mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I didn't know yeah. that that happened outside of that show or whatever. The yeah. Case may be. yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's so funny. But the, the um, you know, I mean, the reason that obviously I wanted to bring us t- together was, be, I mean, you played Black Army Jacket. Uh-huh. You, uh, you know, you, like many people that are in love with punk and hardcore, you have a myriad of different experiences with within the context of, of punk and hardcore from playing in bands and I presume putting on shows and mm-hmm. basically being as involved as you have been. Yes, <laughs> yes, every facet. <laughs> And the, uh, you know, I thought it'd be fun for us to dive into, you know, kind of air quotes, like power Mm -hmm. violence, Mm -hmm. like that, because I, it's weird because I find, I mean, as in every music cycle, um, you know, either the term morphs and means something different to different generations. Um, whereas like, I I think now it's definitely like power violence means, uh, it still, you know, means the same thing as what you and I were initially Mm -hmm. introduced to it, Mm -hmm. but it definitely seems I guess lower or fallow right now where it doesn't seem like as the most popular uh, genre. It doesn't seem like that to me. No, I I think when uh, like weekend nachos and that kind of stuff was right. Right. was, uh, I I would see a lot of uh, like in in the press, you know, the, 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 I used to get the metal magazines from, from England Mm -hmm. uh, and there was always like power violence, power violence. And I would start seeing it in print more and I was like, wow, I can't believe this. Right. It's like a new generation of bands doing this. Right. Right now, this seems like a lull, but we might sound like dinosaurs. There might be somebody going, are you kidding me right now? There's power violence happening. I don't know. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's definitely, you know, there are obviously always scenes that are bubbling. Well, not only scenes, but bands that are bubbling up doing their own thing. But yeah, I don't know of any right now. Like, uh, and I feel like I'm in the loop to a point uh, through the website. Yeah, you, you, get sub- you get submissions. I mean, I, people, yeah, 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 I do. I do get submissions. Um, but uh, in terms of just pure power violence, I, it's been a while. So yeah. I don't know. No, totally. Because <laughs> it's like I look at the era 
when I first started to go to shows and like be introduced mm-hmm. to, you know, bands like Spaz and everything else that existed, you know, f- you know, six two five productions and like yeah. all the stuff that was filtering from Northern California to Southern California and then beyond. And then obviously you had all the stuff that was happening in San Diego with Locust and all those sort yeah. of bands. And so it was just like, it, it's interesting that now, um, you know, information is so accessible everywhere yeah. that music scenes are still cyclical based around that fact, yeah. you know? And it's just like, oh yeah, I like, know. you know, emo had its moment in regards to, you know, the resurgence in the, you know, whatever, 2010s, 2011s. Yeah. And now it's definitely, you know, pushed up to a level of, you know, doing emo nights around the country and stuff like that. But it's crazy. I know. <laughs> There's no power violence night anywhere though. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a rough night for people to, uh, yeah. to have I mean, fun I, at. I, and I, I told my wife this before because, I, I think she's maybe heard one. Well, actually, she came to a Black Army Jack. We did two shows, reunion type shows, uh-huh. and she came to one of them. Uh, that's probably the most, or definitely the most, she's ever heard of that kind of music in one <laughs> sitting. But right, she, she she's she always says to me like she'll say, um, "I can't believe people will go to a show and see seven of these bands in a row." Oh, and I'll say, I, "I can't either." Right? <laughs> oh no, no, totally. It's it's in, unbearable. In, in retrospect, <laughs> the show the show starts at five and ends at eleven. And yeah. It's just like. Wow, and that was fine. Like yeah. that was we just we just we just got punished. It, it, yeah, it was it was punishment to to, yeah. your, to you know you get a headache after. It's like Jesus, how many blast beats can I take? But yeah, um, power violence nights. Yeah, I, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. No, it's hard enough to have a death metal night, let alone a power. Violence right, night. right. But I do I, I, something. I'm thinking of too, where it's like I, I definitely think that um, you know the particular music scenes are obviously fostered by certain venues, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. where it's like, uh, there, there was you know, here in Southern California, there was like the PCH club and there was a lot of, that was based in, you know, Long Beach, like Wilmington or like right down by the docks, like okay. total crap. Hole. When was like, that? This was probably, they were doing shows there. I want to say it started in late nineties and then okay. basically kind of wrapped up in the mid, like 2004, 2005 or okay. so. Um, but that was like, you know, where you had like volume 11 gasp, like a uh-huh. lot of the, like those sort of bands. Yeah. But then you also had like anytime kill your idols came through, they played there. Okay. Like, but there are just certain venues that seem kind of more, um, you know, open, you know, I'm sure like ABC, no Rio and like all that right. sort of stuff where it's like, I guess maybe detached of that, it would be more difficult for, but even though I guess, you know, chain reaction, like, you know, phobia and you know, all those bands played there in the early, did they? they did. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like early two thousands, I want to oh, say, wow. but I mean, it just got me thinking where it's just like, Oh yeah. Like certain venues yes. have to exist. Like can't be super like, you know, there's no power violence, uh, house of blues. <laughs> like that's not going to happen. Wow. Anything with power violence slash whatever doesn't work. Yeah. Just, uh, but yes, uh, in New York. So we, a black army jacket. Um, we were, uh, most of us were, you know, are from Queens, uh, mm-hmm. one of the boroughs in New York city. And then, um, um, our drummer, our second drummer, Dave was from Jersey, but we, we made it work. But a venue that we played a lot on Long Island, which is right next to Queens, right. Um, was the PWAC, which was, uh, that's where, that's where VOD would do yeah. huge show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that place was VOD, right? Glass Straw, um, Sons of Abraham, sure. Cleanser. Uh, let's see who else was Trip from Face. <laughs> Trip Face, yeah, Trip yeah, Face. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, flashbacks. I know. Uh, geez. Uh, yeah, VOD probably at that from that era the biggest one to come out of there. Of course, uh, Long Island years later would be known for taking back Sunday and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. before that, the heavier kind of bands, yeah. Uh, so Black Army Jack had played as part of that, uh, at PWAC because, you know, we were friends and, 
and and um, with everyone there, and it was run by kids, really. Kids, right? Yeah. And um, so that was our our thing. You would think it would be somewhere like CB's, which we played a bunch, but there wasn't. Um, it wasn't power violence friendly, at least back then. Totally. So I always tell people, Black Army Jacket did better terms of having people come out to shows on the west coast Mm -hmm. i think new york was late to the game on on the power violence kind of thing that's true i would agree with that yeah yeah yeah. just perception wise it definitely seemed like there were certain areas like you know texas always kind of did well for power violence but then yeah the west coast yeah i I didn't think of it in those terms yeah yeah. we we um we flew we flew out here for the first time as a band and linked up with new crush who were from the bay area right stayed with gary from new crush and we just kind of hit regional kind of, you know, uh, we do, you know, a few shows in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we played Fiesta Grande. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was like, wow, this is great. I wish we could do this at home. I right, wish, right. Yeah. At home we would play CBs and if, if it wasn't, well, we, we played a man as a bastard. So that was packed. And uh-huh. but if it was like us and another band that's kind of on our, our equal footing kind of popularity wise, it, it wouldn't be packed, you know? Right. But I think people romanticize it and think, sure. Oh, you guys played CBs and Coney Island high, you, you know, it's like ABC, but you know, I think that either we were a little bit ahead of the time, mm-hmm. um, um, or, or maybe we just weren't good enough. I don't know, but yeah, on yeah. the West coast, it was always better. Um, you know, and when spaz came out to, when they did their, I think they only did one U S tour. Mm-hmm. And when they came out to do the tour to to uh new york area we played a bunch of shows with them uh and again those shows are packed because spaz of course spaz you know spaz yeah yeah but uh i think yeah new york new jersey were kind of a little late to the game on that yeah um it was definitely more i mean yeah you're talking to it's either you know metal or hardcore there like it was very like you know bands like you guys didn't you know you fit into both scenes but you didn't make sense completely in one or the other no no we we would play with metal bands or we played a a bunch with dillinger escape plan because Mm -hmm. they were chaotic and there was noisy parts to them but right but uh it wasn't like this kinship with another band like you know, spaz would have with, uh, capitalist casualties, let's say, or, right, right. you know, that kind of thing or phobia here with, you know, excruciating terror or something. You yeah, know? yeah. We didn't have point. that kind of brother, sister band. Right. Right. Which would have right. been nice, you know, yeah, yeah. it's helpful. <laughs> it always helps to fight like, Oh, some, some, some brothers and sisters in arms. Like we yeah. could actually go out there and like, you know, to like play some regional dates together. Yeah. And, and help each other out. Really. <laughs> totally. But we were, we were kind of floating in our own, you know, on our own life raft. They're trying to get some kind of attention. Yeah. But yeah, the West coast was always better. We played, we did play with gasp a few times. Oh, they were nice. really out there. I remember they, they were, all they were completely, very different. Totally. Yeah. 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 A lot of that stuff, like, and I think it's it's cool, too, when you have those venues that have such, you know, and, and I know a lot of it was a symptom of the time where it's mm. like, well, not a symptom, I make that sound bad, but like a, a function of the time where you had so many different bands playing together the yeah. same show. You had, you know, Get Up Kids playing with Spaz or whatever. Like you yeah, see all those yeah, flyers yeah. around there and you're just like, that's really funny. Like I remember a version of that show where it was like, oh, yeah, like that, you know, that Power Vines band is playing with that, you know, indie rock band. Like, I guess that <laughs> makes sense because that's just they, that was they had shows booked the same night or whatever. I, I loved it because uh, it was, it was you know, we were saying how going to a, playing a bill with like seven bands that sound like, you know, blistering fast yeah. power violence. <laughs> At least for me, I, even back then it was too much. Like I, right. I liked the variety. It would, you know, it would, we played with Saves a Day once, you know. Right. Or we were supposed to, I don't remember, but but that kind of idea. You exactly. Know? Um, I don't know if that still happens. Probably not, but. Yeah, yeah. But, it's yeah. definitely, yeah, it. it 
I think just because, I mean, once obviously the package tour became more prevalent, yeah. uh, you know, from across the board, it was, you know, it's harder for really diverse bands to play together. And like when I say really diverse, it's not just like, oh, it's a different shade of metalcore or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like this band's a little more melodic than this one. Um, because I, you know, even though kids generally speaking have more of a tolerance for completely different styles of music, um, the, I, I just don't think people have the appetite for that at, at like an actual show. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, true. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't, yeah. I don't see the billings. Yeah. 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 Well, no. um, kind of we're, we're all over the place, which is fine, fine. Right. Orange County. Yeah. Since you, you grew up in Orange County, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what is the band that you, you thought was going to be like, wow, this band could really go far and they're so good. Mm-hmm. Wait till they tour, wait till they get a, a proper recording budget. Right. Who was the band that you thought was, and, but just for whatever they broke up or just didn't happen? Is there any band that's? Uh, I know. Somewhere? I'm trying to think. I mean, there there were definitely a lot of bands in that uh, sort of. You know, I mean, removing power violence as a yeah. descriptor, but like there were definitely when bands started to, um, you know, uh, like a p- part of the whole like late '90s or early 2000s, like you know when sort of emo and indie rock mm-hmm. obviously started to populate. There's this one random band called 100 Words for Snow, which is like, you cannot get a more emo name yeah. than that. Um, they were really good. And there was also, uh, th- this band did have some national notoriety, but like Jay June. Oh, yeah. Like I, I saw just, them live. I saw them at Maxwell's in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Like incredible band. Yeah. Like, great band. Arabi had an amazing voice. And like, I just, that, that band to me was always like, and they, they moved, they, they, I think they started in, I mean, I know they put out records on Big Wheel Recreation yeah. and they moved out to San Diego. Mm-hmm. But it, it, that was a band that I was always like, oh, man, like they, and they just what broke up. Or, yeah, I, yeah, I just I mean, I think they put out, you know, the, the symptom of most bands and even most hardcore bands where it's like if, the, by the time you get to your second record, it's just like, oh, my gosh, like we've put out a second full length. Like <laughs> yeah. you, 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 it's time to break up. Now. Yeah, we've, we've taken us too far. <laughs> yeah. So but but specifically Orange County. Yeah, it's tough because, I mean, there were there were a ton of bands, especially when you're talking about that whole era of you know metalcore that i was coming up with when mm-hmm. taken was playing the 18 visions throwdown all yeah. of those bands like everybody had a million different side projects like there was this one band called again total like you could not get a more emo name swing set in june swing set in june wow <laughs> which is like yeah it's i've i mean i've listened to it uh recently uh-huh. and it, it doesn't wear well okay <laughs> but it's one of those things where it was like Oh, these guys could have totally just been that, you know, sweet, sappy, like first saves a day record. Like right. they didn't have the same vibe, a little mm-hmm. more melancholy. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that was a side project of another band? That was, that was a side project. There was, uh, let's see, Ken Floyd from 18 Visions played in it for a little bit. Uh, I think a lot of people rotated in and out of okay. that band. But, uh, yeah, but they played, you know, they played hardcore shows with okay. all of those bands. But, yeah. It was, I feel like 18 Visions, if you're from Orange County, yeah. And you're a certain age. Yeah. You were in 18 Visions at one point. It's very true. Like <laughs> you, like everyone's an you, you got you got tagged in at some point to be like, all right, you're gonna play guitar. Like we got this going on. Like yeah, and it, there's just certain people who like Keith Barney is a prime example where it's just like at one point he was playing in four full time touring bands where it's just like. I was like, what are you doing? Like, that, yeah. I was like, that, that seems insane. Like e- even in my, my 19, 20 year old brain, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. I'm like, you don't have enough time to do that. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, but there's, there's no like, cause most of the bands just because of their proximity to like Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, they're, they, they were, most bands were able to kind of achieve some sort of yeah. national notoriety and not right. be like completely like, Oh my gosh, this is the one that got away, you know? Yeah. But, um, 
let's bring it back to power violence because we yeah. want to highlight some bands. Absolutely. <laughs> do you uh, do you want to share one of your bands first? If you need um, to see your list again, I can. And I know there's you. okay. So I will say this before Please. we. Please. There'll be, there'll be people who go. Oh, they're not power violence. That's grind. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's, that's this. You know, this is fast core or whatever. And right. This is a safe space. Like, yeah. So let's just get that out of the way. So yeah. Monster X from Albany yeah. area of New York or Albany proper. I, right. Know. Albany uh, slash Troy. No, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I'll say Albany, like, well, he wasn't from Albany. He was from the neighboring town. Okay. Albany area. Right. Um, and uh, Black Army Jacket did play a Monster X. Uh, we were friends with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Nate, uh, one of the guys, uh, is still a friend. He was, I interviewed him on Noaco. He's a big record collector. Nice. Um, Monster X, grindy with mosh parts. Right. Um, and the vocalist sounded like the mic he was using was definitely a handheld. Right. And it sounded like it was like he was cuffing the mic, which is right. like a death metal trick where you just, you know, make it sound even more harsh than you're growling. Um, it sounded like that um, mm-hmm. on, the, on, the, on the recordings. I don't think they ever put out a proper album, a, you know, studio album. Yep. But uh, anything they put out, huge fan of. And um, Straight Edge. I love that fact. I liked Monster X. I mean, yeah. it was definitely a band I didn't listen to mm-hmm. very much. But mm-hmm. like, you know, I have their seven inches. Yeah. And I was like, dude, a Straight Edge Power Violence fan? Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm all in. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, I'm not Straight Edge, but I, like, I was having this conversation again with Andrew yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, always been fascinated by it. And, and the fact that they were... Straight edge playing, like you said, this kind of music. Love it. Um, yeah. And the name is awesome. It's such a good name. So, right? Such a great name. Right. And uh, trivia, guitarist from Black Army Jacket, Andrew, had a label, uh, Reservoir, and he put out a Spaz Monster X split. Um, and uh, I remember when he got the recordings of that, and I was just like fanboying out to, to Monster X. You would think I was listening to an unreleased album by Journey. It was right, like, right. Can I get a copy of this Monster X, like three song, you know, totally. tape that they made in some crappy studio? But uh, love Monster X. Um, when I interviewed uh, Nate, I think I asked him about uh, the singer of Monster X, and he really didn't have any like interesting info like mm-hmm. either he's kind of like just faded out of the scene or he right. doesn't want to be bothered with it yeah but uh would love to talk to him i know yeah they, it is interesting when you do when you have these kind of uh i don't want to use the word iconic because it mm-hmm. makes it sound like this yeah. person's on yeah. a pedestal or whatever <laughs> but like when you have something that's so distinct where it's just like oh i remember that guitarist for that band did that crazy thing or whatever and it's like yeah monster x like people immediately were just like dude the guy sounds like he's swallowing the microphone it's crazy <laughs> yeah. and yeah. so but yeah to have that and then kind of you know just be like oh yeah like no one knows what what we really do yeah. just obviously probably just like living a normal life like yeah. doing his thing yeah i th- i think it was something like he's living on a farm or uh, something like that like oh that's know. even better yeah, yeah, yeah. just like <laughs> Please come back. Totally. Now I, I'm into you even more, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So Monster X. That's incredible. We'll, we, we'll, I will play a, a bit of cool. a Monster X song cool. and then... Uh, yeah, we'll So my, my first one is a definitely a California-centric one. Uh, it's Guyver One. Had you ever heard of this band before? Yes. Okay. So they put out they well they put out a seven inch and a full length. Uh, the song I'm going to play is off their seven inch. They were a band like 
I don't even know why I bought this seven inch, but it's like a vinyl solution, cool record store in Huntington beach. That was where I got most of my records. I just remember being, <clears throat> I knew very little of anime. I was just kind of like, I was like, I, I was generally aware of it. I was like, Oh, I'd watched Ninja scroll once. So mm-hmm. like, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm a pro. At anime. But <laughs> I just remember seeing the cover and I was kind of like, that looks really cool. And then like looked at the back and I was like, I think a label called inchworm put it out. I don't know. It was just, th- there was, enough. I remember the cover now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it was like black and yeah. it had the, you know, the guy one symbol. So anyways, I bought it and then I just became obsessed with it. It was one of those, you know, like a seven minute, seven inch, like five songs. I was like, this is perfect. It's everything. Like it could not embody San Diego more just like the screamy. So like, again, to your point of what you said at the very beginning, like probably couldn't call them power violence. They were definitely more, uh, you know, grindy than anything else, but still like, I just loved the high screeched vocals and just like, you know, it got me pumped as a 16 year old kid. And, um, and then, you know, fast forward to whatever, uh, a couple months ago. So Jimmy Lavelle from, uh, Tristeza album leaf, like he played in Guyver one and I interviewed him on the I show. Heard that, yeah. yeah. And I was, I was just like, like I, mind I, blown. He was, mine was blown. Totally. I was like, <laughs> I have to talk to you about Guyver one. He's just like, why? Like why? And I'm like, dude, it's because that seven is just so good. I just, but I, I really like people that aren't uh not ashamed of their past but are kind of like you know because clearly album leaf has nothing to do with, with anything heavy but it's still an incredible band yeah. but you know i'm sure you've encountered some people who are just like oh, i don't want to talk about the past like that terrible band that i used to play and it's like but dude people liked that yeah, humor me just answer one question about it please <laughs> yeah um that stuff uh you know had reached new york you know and i remember uh, again going to long island the suburbs right and see, at, at pwac and seeing kids dressed like that you know right like that spock you know, haircut the haircut the, the jeans tight jeans cuffed right. cuffed high <laughs> shoes not sneakers you know i, I remember that yeah you know? and uh jehu was a huge thing that happened in new york all that you know locust big influence in new york right right which is it's so interesting because that was obviously such a hot and heavy time and like yeah, yeah you, like yes they did draw kids here in southern california and they played to you know two three hundred kids but it's like the the gravity of how that inspired so many other people to do stuff like you know it's just so it's it's weird how that happens yes where it's not like there were that many people experiencing it but those people took it and ran with it yes <laughs> i love that i know <laughs> Incredible. It is. It's so cool. But yeah, so we'll play uh, some of the guy for one seven inch. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity. For yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. So that was that. You want to do your uh, your second pick, my friend? What was my second pick? Your second yep. pick. You have you you have either two two choices. I'll okay. show I'll show them to you. Them. So there there they are underneath. There. Okay, so we're gonna go with CR. Uh, again, a band from. They were from Staten Island. Mm-hmm. I can say Staten Island without question. They, <laughs> all they members were, resided. In yes, <laughs> they were all from Staten Island, and they were very proud of it, which is cool because Staten Island, outside of the Wu Tang Clan, um, you know, people don't really know much about <laughs> Staten true. Island. That's know? true. Yeah. And so you have even C- then, it's CR and, and Wu. Yeah, you yeah. CR and Wu represent. Yeah, really. Like that's it. That's cool. Uh, so, CR was a band that was. Uh, they were. They were definitely. Uh, the closest thing to us, Black Army Jacket, at the time in New York that, you know, stylistically, we uh, like brothers, we played a lot with them. Andrew, our guitarist, put out uh, their records. Um, and Brian, the singer, is currently in Miracle Drug. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he That's lives. Cool. In, yeah, he moved to Louisville and plays in Miracle Drug, which is a great hardcore band. And um, uh, Brian is a, a really like a Rollins uh, Henry Rollins type of uh, live performer, really physical, uh, really agile, uh-huh. uh, you know, really every line when you see him live, it's like he's going to, his head's going to explode. You know, really? he's, he's, he's going off. That's awesome. Yeah. And then Mike, the guitarist from CR, uh, has played in Kill Your Idols. Uh, I think he's currently playing in Kill Your Idols. So I'm not sure. He played in Sheer Terror for years. Uh-huh. Um, he played in Serpico, which is another great band. Oh, very yeah. different from CR. Very different. Pop punky kind of stuff. So Mike is a really talented guitarist. Um, and then Grover, the bassist, that's his nickname, Grover. <laughs> that's not his real name. Uh, Grover, um, he is part of the the whole uh, kind of funk soul revival thing that happened in New York with Charles Bradley. Um, I know oh, he, wow. yeah. Um, 
so he's a, a really gifted bass player, um, real chops, you know. I'd um, say so. If yeah, if, yeah, if you're in that scene, yeah, yeah, you, you can't be a slouch at that yeah, instrument. <laughs> absolutely, no, no, no. Like not, not like me who just plugged in and you know <laughs> drop D. I got it. Yeah, I got no, it. No, this guy can play. So Cr and Elway, the drummer, um, he's he lives in Richmond now, which is Richmond. So what a, what a scene they have going on. Totally, it's so much so much stuff happening. But Grover lives. I mean, sorry, Elway lives uh, there and he plays in, in bands there. And but Cr were were killer. Um, short songs to the point, um, and their cover of uh, "Where's the Unity?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Infest, Infest sure. Awesome cover, right? Awesome. So if you can find that, maybe play that. But yeah, that's CR. The yeah, like I I was so excited because I hadn't thought about that band in a long time because I remember so they, <clears throat> I mean, obviously never made it out to California, like they right. never toured out here. But <clears throat> so Rumshaker fanzine, yeah. Eric Weiss, Eric, yeah. He, if I'm not mistaken, he did an interview with them or he basically did some piece on them and, you know, CR short for compassion revolution. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things like it, it, like that interview, I had no idea what the band sounded like, but that interview and the way that uh, I'm fairly certain, I think it was the vocalist Mm -hmm. that was, yeah. Yeah. So he like just how he spoke about stuff and like how they tackled it. I was like. I have to find this record. I have to find this. It was Lisa John or John Lisa LP. John Lisa. Okay. LP, the John Lisa LP. Yeah. So I was like, I have to find this. So I was on a hunt for it. Like, you know, this was like, I couldn't find any distros randomly found it at a record store. I ended up working uh, at called bionic records. Like it was in, like in the used bin for like five bucks. I bought it. I listened to it. I was like, this is even better than I anticipated, <laughs> but awesome. I just, it, it, I have such a distinct memory of it because of, like I bought into the band just based off of their ethos and their message mm-hmm. before I heard one note. And I felt like I just, I, I loved that experience and I'm sure it's happened to you before yes. where it was like, Oh, I don't even know what's up with this band, but no. like, I know so much about them and like, yeah, I just love that. That's, that's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely going to tell Mike, the guitarist who I still talk to a lot and Brian, please listen in. Cause they'll, they'll appreciate that. Uh, a trivia, John Lisa yeah. was the singer of Serpico. And they just named it the John Lisa LP because they liked him. They were, you know, they were close to him. <laughs> yeah, like I, had no, I had no idea. He's alive and well. And, and, and uh, I think they just dedicated to him just because they, they loved him. That's you know? so cool. So that's, and they also, if my memory serves me right too, they also, like, it came with like a really thick yes. Like, zine. Yes. And I was, I, I just remember like, I think even before I put the record on, I was just like, this is even better. This is so like, cause it, it's very difficult for bands to, um, you know, to, to like create something that's so in depth, like not only sonically with the short songs that they were doing, but like just kind of all encompassing. I just felt, I felt like what they were doing was much larger than, you know, their songs contained yep. time wise. Yeah. And like, it just felt, it felt like an agenda, but in the best way possible. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? You, but you nailed it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad this random West coast kid <laughs> got into it. And like, dude, were they, uh, I guess, quote unquote successful out there? Like, did they draw anybody or was it, was it pretty uh, much just kind of like, they were, uh, they didn't play with us. They played with indecision a lot. Okay. Who were yeah. much bigger. Sure. Um, was CR big? Not really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. It was always the same people to shows like, you know, the same <laughs> friends and family of, <laughs> yeah, of CR yeah. and black army jacket. And sure. Um, but yeah, they, yeah, they weren't really big. They yeah. weren't like VOD or, or right, something like that. right, 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 right. No, yeah. No, that, no. And that was the, that was the impression that I got. And I, I definitely understood that it was very, it was for a very specific type of person. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. you know, sonically what they were doing as well. But and, yeah. And I think that if it came out a few years later again, they, they would have, it would have been bigger. Yeah. Know? That's probably true. A little ahead of its time. But, uh, indecision, uh, 
were at the same time and we played with them as well and they were definitely bigger got it got it and they toured yes that that so that's, that helps that, a lot that helps <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll play some CR right now. All right, so the next one I will talk about is they hail from Southern Ontario. They're called Acrid. Uh, I, don't how, I don't know how familiar you are with Acrid. I am. Okay, I am. I, I, am. <laughs> I dabble in their works. I, I, yes. <laughs> I I became, and I'm sure you were like this as well, when, you, when you're younger, you become kind of obsessed with certain scenes yes. where it's like, it seems like a lot of cool stuff has happened in Louisville. It seems like a lot of cool stuff is happening in this city or whatever. And so I became obsessed with Southern Ontario, like from Chokehold and Grade and like all New Day Rising, all of these bands. I was like, why is this all coming from like, not all, it's not just coming from Toronto, it's coming from the suburbs, like mm-hmm. most cool scenes mm-hmm. kind of percolate. Mm-hmm. But Accurate, I remember becoming obsessed with because uh, they put out a CD, the before No Idea re-released all their old stuff. Um, I just, I got it and I was like, this is guttural. This is like dirty. These are, Again, these dudes are straight edge. I was like... I don't understand how this like evil music come from straight edge guys. Like it was just, you know, it I'm, was, that was something, right? It wasn't it that was. it was like, cause you would think of positive and right. hardcore, you know, revelation. You didn't think of kind of death metal vocals yeah. and, and evil and yeah. with straight edge at that time. No, totally. It, it was, it was an oxymoron in yeah. and of itself. Yeah. And anytime like a band that didn't sound like those bands you were mm-hmm. mentioning was straight edge, you were kind of like, Oh, it's a cool, that's a cool wrinkle. <laughs> Like, oh, that's interesting. You're doing something different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just became obsessed with it. And I, I remember I was at Pen Pals with a girl in Toronto that she ended up sending me an accurate shirt that I still own to this day that like, it's a horrible fitting shirt. You know, it's one of those short and wides. Like, okay. it's like, short and- it's a, it's a midriff, you know, <laughs> and it's an, an extra ac- large and accurate. Mid- Wow. Yeah, I mean, it just look it, like every time I put it on, I'm just like, oh man, like I but, can't, I can't wear this out. But you still own it, of course, I still own it because yeah. we're hoarders. <laughs> we are. But uh, so, what, what's your experience with Acrid? I, I never saw them live. Yeah, did I they ever get out of there? Canada? No, they. I just because they all shared members because I think Kyle Bishop from Grade played in Acrid yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I know the drum, like the drummer who went on to play in like in Curse and all those bands, mm-hmm. Mike Maximuk, I think um, he played in that band for a little bit. But yeah, I don't think they ever played. They maybe played Buffalo, <laughs> maybe. Right, right. But yeah, they never made it out. Yeah, so that makes sense why I didn't see him live. But right. I big fan of Kyle. Anything Kyle's in, I'm I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I interviewed him on No Echo, and I, I did. We talked about Acrid. Um, mm-hmm. he, the, there was another band from from that that uh, scene. Um, um, they were called Seized. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Seized, another mm-hmm. band I loved. But there was something going on there. Was there a venue there that you know of that was like the kind of springboard for that, those bands? Because I don't know anything. I never went there. I never yeah, there. I know uh, we because Taken put out records on Goodfellow, which mm-hmm. is based in Southern Ontario. Singer of Chokehold, Chris yeah. Logan, and it was like when we started our first time. We went up there. Was it was probably either ninety nine or two thousand, and we played. Uh, we didn't play Toronto. We played in Oakville, which is a suburb, and it's like the Oakville Pine Room. And, um, so that was my first experience with that. But like, I think prior to that, it was like, just like every other suburb was just like VFW halls. Okay. There didn't seem like a real solid venue, so to speak. Okay. It was, um, yeah, a lot of those places where kids were just like renting out halls, yeah. 
Um, the, the record label that Chris Logan worked for was called Sonic Onion, which is basically a distributor up in Canada. And they also put out records and they would do shows at like, they would either have a basement show or they have like a third story attic taken played there a couple times. And it, it like the shows were like, for whatever reason, I mean, I attribute it directly to the fact that Chris Logan was putting out our records. Yeah. We did really well in that area, which like, it made no sense to me whatsoever. Cause I'm like, we're 3000 miles away from yeah. like, why are we, why are we drawing 200 kids here? It was making sense. It was amazing. Wow. But, um, an but, attic show. Yeah. I never played an attic. That's, it, that's, it was weird. Wow. Yeah. And they, and it was also like, yeah, I, we played a couple shows up there. Like, uh, yeah. but it was, it, and it was always like 9,000 degrees. Like there was, it was okay. just like no ventilation. <laughs> I'm sure it was like a, a health hazard to, to, oh, yeah. or a safety hazard. And, it, and when I say attic, it definitely wasn't like an attic in the sense of like what you would imagine in a normal like house. Like it was, you know, it was kind of like a, like a uh, commercial attic where yeah. it was like, you know, people would store boxes and yeah. stuff like that there. But, um, but yeah, I never got the sense that it was, it was like, cause I mean, Akron was around the same time as like left for dead. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, they were just playing like house parties and like, awesome. yeah, which is amazing. Awesome. But yeah, but yeah, Akron, I'm just, I'm glad I was really glad that no idea re-released all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's like, you know, for certain nerds like yeah. ourselves where it's just like, Oh, I want to be able to like point people to something. Yeah. As opposed to like, so that thing that's cool. You can't even find anymore. <laughs> <laughs> is it on Spotify? That's, that's my question. Exactly. I think it is most no idea stuff. Yeah. It is. So I, I, I'd be okay. surprised. I know that's uncool. Spotify, but hey, it's okay. I use Apple <laughs> Music. You're a Spotify user. I use Spotify. Okay, but same. It's same six crap. and one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll use. I would use Apple. No, yeah, no problem. Yeah, no questions asked. Yeah. Uh, we'll play some Acre then. was uh, accurate and now we have the the final item on your list yes. my friend i picked uh sob out of japan and because it illustrates this idea of that has been so important to me in my life and, and music which is uh my first love heavy metal without question and one of the things i would do as a kid was look at the thanks list and 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 analyze the band photos. If there was a collage, a lot of metal bands, thrash bands especially, had collages in their liner notes. So there would be like photos from tours or just, you know, the rehearsal spot or them hanging out with their friends. And I would analyze every band t-shirt. Yeah. What is that band t-shirt? What is that, what is that logo? Yeah. 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 Luckily, logos weren't as insane as they are now. With right. Black metal bands. <laughs> Unreadable. Yeah. yeah. Disgusting. I hate those logos. But, <laughs> you know, they were still readable. They were like Metallica-esque kind of logos, you know, with the pointy letters. So I would read, you know, figure it out, and then I would try to find those records at a store. Now, you know, the during my youngest years, I didn't understand that some of those bands were just demo bands. They didn't have records. Right. But, um, you know, the ones I did find, I would, I would buy it. And sometimes it wasn't a good record, but that's how I found out about bands a lot um, in the 80s. So mm-hmm. um, SOB was a T-shirt I would see on, on certain bands. And one of them was Brutal Truth um, during their first kind of run when they first got signed to Earache. And I, and I knew one of the guys in Brutal Truth because he, he lived in Queens where, I, where I'm from. And, and I said, hey, you're going to 
this is like a code breaking thing for me. One of the guys, you know, <laughs> yeah. has, I think it was Kevin, the singer has an SOB shirt. One of these photos, he goes, yeah, from Japan. What's up with that? What, what, what do you need to know? I'm like, Oh, they're so okay. They're from Japan. Right. Right. That's right. one piece. Right. Of we're, we're going now. We're, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> and then it was, you know, the, the onion peel peeling kind of effect. And I, you know, learned about SOB, uh, and SOB, uh, was very influential to bands like Napalm Death and Brutal Truth uh-huh. and uh, Terrorizer. Um, so they were grindy. They had grindcore parts, blast beats, but they had mashy metal parts that were just really just ignorant, as I say, just right. ignorant mosh parts. Love it. You know, so it wasn't artsy fartsy. Mm-hmm. Um, if Discordance Axis, uh, Hello Dave, uh, is <laughs> on one side of the kind of grindy, like artsy, you know, very forward thinking really weird kind of lyrics and interesting layouts yeah sob is the opposite sob is just like meathead heavy metal informed grind and um i love them and um again i just wanted to use them as an example because it was a band that for years i had seen the name somewhere mythical in your head yeah right and and i don't know well that probably doesn't exist now because of the internet, mm-hmm. uh, which is good and bad because I think sure. some people are, are missing out on that. You know, you, know, you as, as you know, you, you, um, before you heard CR, you had in your mind, maybe they sound like this. You start inventing in your mind what they sound like, you know, it's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's cool. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And that's what I had for SOB. But I thought they were more like a thrash band, like more like Megadeth or Exodus or something. Right. But, uh, no, they, they don't sound like that, but, yeah, so that's that's the SOB. That's, story. that's cool. Yeah, I know that that was the one band where I was just like, oh, I've literally never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it, it is it is cool when you you latch on. Like, I so distinctly remember this was uh, so I, I remember that band, No Motive. Oh, love them. Okay, great band. Like the love and, them. and the sadness prevails. That record is yeah. so good. Like, I still mess with it. But I remember seeing them at the Glass House in Pomona. The and this is I, at the time I was working at a record store. And uh, the guitarist of the band was wearing a Neurosis shirt. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, first of all, that's sick. He's wearing a Neurosis shirt. But secondly, I hope, I, I hope someone in the crowd who's obviously at a pot, like, I mean, they, they weren't headlining. I can't even remember who else was playing. It may have been face to face. Obviously a punk show. Yeah. They see, you know, someone sees this Neurosis shirt and similar to what you experience where you're just like, I got to find out about this band. Yeah. And so then a couple days later, I was working at the record store. Someone brought up a Neurosis CD that I think it was through Silver and Blood. And it was definitely one of those things where it was like this person just, you know, judging book by its cover does not look like they should be buying a Neurosis CD. So I asked the question. I was just like, did you see No Motive the other night? And, like, and they were like, oh, no. I was like, well, what about face to face? And she's like, oh, yeah, I was at that show. And I was like. I can't even believe, like I'm seeing this in practice it's, happening yes. right to yes. me. And I just love like once bands were like kind of, cause I think there was a time where bands were kind of ashamed. Well, not ashamed, but like the idea of like wearing something mm-hmm. and then being like, Oh, I've deliberately decided to wear this. Yes. In order I know to what get, you mean. Right. Yeah. Like the, there was a time where it was kind of like, Oh, I don't know. It's kind of whack. Like yeah. why, why do people, but it's like, dude, that's incredibly influential. Yeah, it is. And it's so it's so cool that that can obviously still exist, and you know bands can still ret like when bands are just wearing like black t shirts on stage. I'm like, man, you're missing out on an opportunity. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Help market another band. Totally. Um, Get your friends out there. Yeah, I still do it. I still see t shirts. I'm like, I'm seeing this t shirt or, or, or this logo. Who yeah. is this band? Let me look them up. Bandcamp. Here I come. Uh, no motive had that song, and I remember I was in a band at the time that was kind of like no motive melodic. Okay, and we used to be obsessed with with 
this one the one song where he says counting crows are playing round Run, here yeah 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 yep uh it was like their hit song to it us. was it was what, it, well, it, it was a song it was it was off that record yeah, yeah. i know exactly what you're talking oh, about god we used to play that song so much and then they they went to vagrant for, well they were always on vagrant they that record came on vagrant but okay. then each subsequent record they just got uh, they got further away from that weird melancholy yeah. pop punk sound. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah, was, was going to say that. Yeah. Was it the same? It was not. Yeah, it I, def- I, pref- I preferred that kind of off kilter kind of, kind of. Yeah, the the, the earlier stuff. The, the newer stuff was more Foo Fighters, more just that's it, right. Just punchy, just yep. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. good for what it is, but I, I kind of like the uniqueness of the earlier stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, that's a band I haven't thought of in a long time. But yeah, yeah it's just such a yeah. It, it, so many bands capture this weird moment for you know a couple months, and you're yeah. just like you know you, like you just listen to that record over and over, whatever. But uh, anyways, we'll play so. Well, I'll, I should be able to find. It. Yeah. The last one I'll close this out with is uh, a band that I mean, it, most people. Well, when I say most people, I mean it, I think are is generally pretty popular. A- Asuk, Asuk, however mm-hmm. you want to call it, with the umlaut. Always the one with Asuk. Yeah, that's know? what I always did too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, from Florida, uh, the Misery Index. I mean, all their stuff, all their records and splits mm-hmm. that they did were like they were all of equal awesomeness. Um, yeah. and, but Florida was another scene too that I got keyed into. You know, Reversal of Man, all of those band, Combat mm-hmm. Wounded Veteran. Mm-hmm. And I was just, again, it felt like what's in the water? Like how can hot water music and ask like all these bands can exist in Gainesville area and be so unique and awesome. And it just didn't make any sense. But like, yeah, Asuk was the first band that I just remember be like, I, I felt just pummeled, you know, I was just like, Oh, like, you know, like I'm sure you remember that old, uh, that old commercial, uh, I think it was Bose, where it was like, you know, the guy sitting in the the, the uh, lounge chair and oh, getting yeah, his yeah. hair blown back the or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just remember, be, like, I felt like that where I was like, whoa, yeah. like, this is a lot to take in. This is so good. Yeah. Did you, did you guys ever play with them? Did you ever see we, them? We did. We played Asuk. Um, of all the bands that we'll, we've mentioned today and all the bands that would fall under power violence or grindcore, including... And I'll say this, including, you know, the Godfather's Napalm Death. Right. I suck my absolute favorite. That's awesome. Absolute favorite. Now, they don't have a, a discography as extensive as no. Napalm Death. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not. Unbelievable. And I love Paul, the original singer. And I love Steve, The you know, Steve, uh, the guitarist from Asuk became the singer on Misery Index. Right. Both vocalists, amazing. As a death metal fan, great vocals. And Steve... The guitar singer Steve Heritage. Right? Heritage, yeah. Yep. He he worked at Morristown Studios, which was the studio for death metal. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he was an engineer there. So you know, Obituary, Sepultura, you know, Morbid Angel, right? Morbid Angel, yeah, yeah. All of the who's who of of '90s death metal recorded at Morristown, and he was an engineer there. That's cool. Um, so that's 
another trivia kind of bit. Yeah, but, yeah. You're full of them. You're full of them, Carlos. I'm full of them. <laughs> and then we can talk about Judd Judd. Exactly. Judd Judd. Judd Judd. Which was Steve Heritage. And I, I, I don't know who else was in Judd Judd. Yeah. There's just two of them, obviously. Two of them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I never got to see Judd Judd live. No. But, um. Well, I think they only, quote unquote, or, you know, played like two or three shows. Did like, they? I, I don't, I mean, I think like as a joke, obviously. Yeah. I mean, like as the whole thing was. I would love to see that. It would have been hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I definitely remember the, uh, like once the lore came out of like, oh, it's dudes from Massac. And I was like, oh man, that's even funnier. Like, it's not just, you know, two random people playing a joke. Like, it's like, it's dudes who are in legitimate bands. Who and, can play. Who can actually play. They could have written songs like Judd Judd if they wanted right. to. But they said, no, let's just do it with our mouths. So if anyone listening to this doesn't know Judd, Judd, J-U-D, J-U-D, yep. you have to check it out. It's two guys mouthing riffs. Mm-hmm. Old school hardcore riffs. Hard, yeah, old school hardcore <laughs> riffs. And they nail it. And the, and the layout is really cool. Um, it looks like a revelation. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. They, they ripped off the, uh, bold speak out if I'm not mistaken, the, just like the way that the aesthetically mm-hmm. the layout right. and they, the, uh, I, I just love, I think I remember like the, they obviously did dive bombs with their mouths and it was, I just, <laughs> yeah. it's just yes, like, yes. Oh, it's, so, yes. it's so good. A yeah. friend, a friend of mine, uh, Dave Anthony, he did, he did that. I'm sure you read, I don't know if you read that, that huge interview that they did with, uh, Judd Judd. I haven't. Okay. But I yeah, haven't. he, uh, the thing that struck me—what well, did he do in it? Well, uh, Dave Anthony was the freelance writer. Oh, okay, basically, okay. he uh, he just interviewed both the guys, okay, and like Steve, and then the other guy who uh-huh. I, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where it was like—I mean, honestly, maybe four thousand words, so much information, and it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know, like who care, who is reading this? Like who who really cares this much about this? Like, I do. It's, I, I do. I know. Okay. And I, I mean, I, and I, did, I just haven't seen it yet. But no, I and I, I did too. But it was definitely, it was just so, I was like, what world do we live in in which we are writing this much? About- I, know, I know what you mean. Investigative journalism. I tracked down Judd Judd. <laughs> that's yeah. what, it's that's, like that's what it coming up like. next. You know, it's like, <laughs> yes. It was, and it was so, it, it just, it, like, it felt like that could have happened 10 years ago and it would have been like, you know, even more uh, potent. But this, yeah. I was just like. Oh, this feels like this. This feels like yeah. You're just like dragging this out of the dirt. Like what is? Imagine, I have found this here. Imagine what they felt like. I know you want to do a, a what? An, an exhaustive piece on Judd I've done other things with my life, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, like, I love it. And and I did a, a I did a, a, a no echo. I did two different posts uh, features uh-huh. on parody hardcore bands, and I included Judd Judd. And I, I had people, uh, a couple of friends. Say thank you. Now I'm listening to Judge Judd again. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thanks. I'm re- I'm resurrecting these seven inches. Yeah, yes. I just love the fact too that Victory put on a seven inch. Unbelievable. It's, the 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 joke that just filtered up the bulldog and the bulldog bit, and yeah. they're like, "All right, let's let's go ahead and release this." Yeah. It's so 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 weird. But yeah, but Aslak was a serious band. Yes, Aslak <laughs> was this politically minded grindcore power violence, whatever you want to call them, band. Yeah, just beautiful. And they uh, they played out here once, and I did not. I it was like in L.A. or Orange County. They played Orange actually that PCH club that I was telling okay. you about. So the, it uh it was like, and I'm sure this has happened to you many times, where it's like you get into a band. And then, you know, whatever, six months to, you know, a year after the fact, like after you got into them, you were just like, oh, crap, like three months prior, they played, they played, yeah. they, they played near me. Or like oh, they yeah. And it's like, oh, man, I mm-hmm. wish I would have known about that yeah. just just a couple months earlier. Was it um, on Misery Index era? Kind yes. of? Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> they were intense, you know. Huge full um, stacks from what like, they, yes. like tons of equipment, right? Yeah. I think he had Ampegs. Right. For, for guitar even. Right. Um, and uh really he's an intense guy he he 
I don't know if he owned it, but he worked at or worked at a record store. Okay. But Black Army Jacket uh, in Florida, it was in, in, in I think it was in Tampa, and he uh, he was there. I remember, and he, they didn't play. Unfortunately, I think they had broken up by then. But uh, okay. Uh, he's a really intense guy. Like just, I think he's kind of shy, kind of quiet. Got it. Which is not what you would expect from when you listen to Asuk and his vocals. But, right. but uh, yes, like I said before, my favorite. Yeah. And I, I think it, it, I also like and that, the, that record, uh, all their recorded material, like you could play now and people would be like, yeah, so it's a brand new band, right? Like this, the, the, it does not sound dated. Like no. from sonically, the way it's recorded, like everything, this band, that band could exist for a 40 year period and you can place them in any year and people would be like, oh, so this is a new band, right? It's yeah. Like, no, they, they broke up a long time ago yeah, or whatever. That's how good they are. And it's, yeah. and it's yeah. so hard to do that because yeah. either recording quality wise, yeah. you might you yeah. know lose a step or yeah. whatever, but yeah, they, uh, yeah. And it, they didn't record that at Morrison, did they? I have no idea. I don't remember. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised though if it sounds that good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a good, yeah. I, I never even thought Might about have. that. I, I, I don't remember that's and you would think one of us would remember that right yeah they're such nerds but but i wouldn't be surprised if they did because yeah. it, it sounds fantastic on, on sound pollution was the label I'm yeah right. you're right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so and then i think sound pollution was from memphis if i'm not mistaken yeah I ken think. ken was a guy uh well ken, ken was or, an ebullition ken mcclard but ken, he, he may he, it may have been i thought it was um what Ken Sanderson? Or oh, thinking, okay. Am I mixing something up? I don't. I know. don't know. Sometimes yeah, yeah. that happens too, right? It so happens all the time. <laughs> I always like it when two people in real time are trying to figure something yeah. out. It's like, oh okay, uh, yeah, this really, really random, obscure thing. On a that, podcast, no, <laughs> which is great because on uh, on what's his uh, on on Damien's on Turned Out a Punk, yeah. they'll have the post show, of course, where they, where they analyze correct. Yeah, and yeah. they correct each other, right? Totally. Or he'll correct. Uh, you know, I said that the youth of today's seven inch disengage <laughs> was. I was wrong about that. Again, yeah. it's like so serious. Totally. Like, I, uh, I apologize sincerely <laughs> to anybody who I may have offended. <laughs> and it's like, dude, no, like, it, that does not matter. No, like, no. Not at all. But you know, you're listening, let's say that show or your show, I'm listening in my car and I'm like, and you're trying to find a fact and I'm in the car going, it's I know this, it, it's right. this, it's this. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the so time. So there's someone listening going, no, no, uh, sound pollution was Michael or whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know it's Harry, right? Oh, geez. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll play ass suck on the way out. But Carlos, this has been more fun than I. Well, I not like anticipated you sucking, but uh, <laughs> this this was great. Just two, yeah, two nerds hanging out. Well, this is exactly what I expected. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad we I'm glad we nailed it on yeah, the head. And I and I drove from Los Angeles County to Orange County, and uh, it takes way too long than it should. You yes, know? it should. But it was worth it. And and you just listened to Power Violence on the way to. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you very much to Carlos. That was just Asuk that we were playing on the way out. Such a good band. Hopefully you found some uh, some stuff to dive into, hopefully, because they're, uh, we played some uh, some pretty deep cuts there. <laughs> Even bands that I was not familiar with, like uh, you know the SOB stuff that uh, Carlos brought in there. So thank you, Carlos. Really appreciate it. And next week, we've got an awesome show from a band that I had never heard of up until about a month ago. This band's called Casey. We're interviewing the vocalist Tom Weaver. 
He uh, so if you like bands like Touche Amore, La Dispute, you know all that melodicish, artistic, hardcore stuff, you will absolutely love Casey. So do your homework, dive into the record, and then uh, we're gonna be talking to Tom next week, and he is the vocalist, and he was a great chat. So that's what we got. And until then, please be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, JabberjawMedia.com. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.